Hello? Sorry. Hello? Now I've got Wait, to remember what, what we're doing again. Hello? Chloe, <laughs> is, our, is our contribution to popular culture a train wreck? I don't know. Sure. It's a pretty sexy train wreck. Wait, what are we doing? Yeah. I had no Wait. idea this was going to be the podcast that would get us all going. Hello, comedian Chloe Black. I think you're funny. I want a hysterectomy. <laughs> or or you can laugh, me. either so, or. <laughs> hello. Wait, what, what are we doing? Hey, yeah, here. Comes with a free bottle. Right. <laughs> anything goes. Oh, anything goes. I love that song. Let it, let's get right up in that lap, Chloe. Ooh, yeah. Chloe! Hello. Hello. Recording in progress. I've missed that voice. <laughs> I know. It feels like ages, doesn't it? Hello, Chloe. Hello, dear listener. We are back for a third season of our um, podcast thing. Yeah. Great. <laughs> right, what are we? Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, listeners. Maybe. Always <laughs> <laughs> refer to your listener in the singular because people listen to things like this on their own when they're walking around. And if you say, uh, true. if you say listeners, then you yeah. included the people who listen on their own. And if you say listener, you include everybody. Perfect. There we go. Well, and yes. Per intimately yeah, we... years and. They can develop parasocial relationships with us. Go ahead. We yeah. Don't yeah. So welcome, dear listener. <laughs> dear listener. I was thinking about the Stephen King thing that you told me, like that he's dear reader. Yeah. That's constant so reader or something. Dear constant <laughs> reader. That's right. <laughs> welcome I, back, constant I, reader. I was like, reader, I married him, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do love that. Um, Reader, I hardly knew her. <laughs> Surely you can't be serious. <laughs> <laughs> so ha have you got your new headphones on? Because you told me you bought new headphones. I do, but I don't know whether they're that good for, um, like, whether they're going to be that good for, like, using online. Oh. Like, um, I'm sort of just, like, just getting by. I mean, I just bought them because I had a pair of very similar. Sorry. No, not right now, George. Sorry. I don't know where it is. I'll come and get it in a minute. See, oh, we're not even five minutes into the seat. <laughs> Kids, huh? Kids, huh? You know, I have this wonderful new book, which I must tell you about because it's a, it's it's the most it's the most refreshing thing to read as a creative parent, and it's called cool. it's called the Baby on the Fire Escape: Creativity, Motherhood, which will say motherhood slash birthing parenthood slash parenthood, and the mind yeah. problem, and it's by Julie Phillips, and it's just the most extraordinary book. Like, there's just amazing. Oh, I love it so much. I keep putting my hand over my mouth and going, oh, my God, somebody else has thought this. Somebody else has said That's this. That's so good. That's cool. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, I um, had my son with me for two weeks for the holidays and then a little bit of school, and that was cool. I got to play house mum for a week. That was nice. <laughs> so um, it's something I miss out on as being a kind of co-parent, you know. And so that was really cool. I've just and, um, been putting off medicine to my ex who who looked after me so well when I had the house fire and also when I had COVID, which I have had since yeah. our last season finale. Yeah. Um, I had COVID too, everyone. Welcome yeah, to the club. <laughs> I thought I was I thought I was immune. I was like, oh man, I'm like Bruce Wilson, I'm breakable. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm gonna get, um, they're gonna want my blood. I'm like yeah, you know, they start doing tests on you, put you in a, yeah. a humidif no. Humidifier? No. <laughs> a centrifuge? I don't know. Crab? No. Far out. A humectant crab. There we go. There's if we can call the episode humectant crabs. <laughs> Hermetic crabs? Her hermetically sealed crabs? No. Humidity cribs is what I'm thinking of. Oh, humidity crib. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get. I get it now. Oh my god. <laughs> Yep. Something where, like, the doctor has to put his arm in those, like, yes. gloves to touch you, like, yes. from the outside of the box. Like. like that. Like you're handling, like, radiation but not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. It's, like, how did, radiation. You, how did you travel with the, the dreaded Rona? Like, how did it affect you? 
Oh, I was like in a bad way. Like just, I had the worst, I still have a bit of a cough. I'm trying to, to, I'm trying to make it to the end of some sentences without spluttering. But um, I had a really bad cough. It really hurt. It was really dry. It was relentless. That kind of cough where your your ribs feel bruised after, like. Oh, yes. I'd already been coughing for two weeks when I caught it. And so my stomach was actually so painful. I got stitch from all the coughing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's probably the other end The other end of our experience because I had the bruised ribs and you had the stitch. <laughs> like it was just so like I was like, oh, I'm really wiped out by this. Yeah, and luckily thing, I was incredibly lucky. I had the Victorian quarantine hub at my disposal, even though I was hundreds of kilometres away from Hobart in my home, I got sent to somewhere where they fed me some amazing food. Really? I had grilled salmon and, like, uh, laksa, like, seasoned noodles. I've got COVID. I've got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, like, every meal came with a piece of fruit, a bottle of water, a fizzy drink, and, like, a salad. And the salads just kept piling up in the mini fridge because I wasn't eating Oh, like, like hospital. I missed being in the hospital when I first got home. I'm like, where's my little tub of fruit? You know, where's my little... Yeah, yeah. And I realised that I got so used to having a sweet at the end, it was hard hard to give it up. Yeah, right? (laughs) I was like, I was like, and every dinner had dessert. I was like, I had so much food I couldn't eat. Like, I had, like, my little room had a little, like, still life of discarded fruit that I was nowhere going to find room. And so where, like, what was it like where you stayed? Was it a hotel or an aged care facility? Oh, it's like a, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's like this facility near. um, So like a detention center? Craigieburn. Oh, gee, righto. And it's like, you know, basically they said, oh, if you look to your left, they drove me there. And they go, look to your left. And you just see this empty field with this weird kind of barren like structure in the middle and right and, and right right in the right in the field there's an old man with binoculars Ooh. yeah that's right <laughs> yes yes well they've got another one marjorie <laughs> <laughs> bought another interloper from the city bringing their diseases to our little helper bringing them more covids i reckon <laughs> but um yeah, and so it was like kind of weird. Like I don't know. Did you ever have portable units at school? Uh, like, not at my school, no. Um, but there was some at my daughter's primary school. Because these felt very similar, and the rooms were really tiny, so mm-hmm. they were like you know about the size of or even smaller than a studio apartment. In the you know bed, like sink, fridge, and bathroom. It was tiny, it's but they're all like linked together, and so they were all like. And each of them had a little balcony, which is kind of nice, or a, or a patio area. Oh, how um, But it was like, yeah, and you know, balcony. You just, just... The rest of it sounds like that real student accommodation, the kind of things where, you know, oh my god, did you see that rental that got listed with a shower in the kitchen? <laughs> I did. I think I did see that. Funny was. Oh my that? god. Oh my god. The, the rental situation is just... Oh, it's so ugh. dire. But the house prices are coming down now, which is really interesting. I, oh, the, serious? Yeah, yeah. It's dropped in Sydney where the market was super, like, overheated. And um, hmm. apparently I think some cities are holding their value, but some are really dropping sharply. And I think Sydney and Melbourne will, will have the most... Falls but does that mean if the, like, if the housing, if the prices of houses drops, the rent drops? Hmm. No, unfortunately, because what what has happened, um, yeah. uh, the the interest rate, like so, basically the oh my god, so this, I'm I'm trying to understand this myself because it's quite confusing. I don't really understand what inflation and the consumer price index and the interest rates and the dollar on the global market have to do, but they're all involved. So yeah, right. Policies that that uh, affect us, but there's also global situations that affect us. Like, say, um, I don't know if if you, I wasn't aware at the beginning of all this, that Ukraine supplies like 70% of the world's wheat. 
Holy shit, right. I didn't know when, that. When Russia invaded the Ukraine, it set off a situation where the two-minute noodle makers are running out of wheat. It's a bizarre. Holy shit. So I think it's all been a really big lesson in food security. And I think that lesson, if we if people learn it properly, they really will appreciate mm. it in the coming apocalypse, which is so very coming now. It's yeah, yeah, for sure. down on us. There's no doubt about it. But I still believe, I mean, the apocalypse is just the end of one type of world, right? And yeah. in a really lovely moment, my beloved J-Hope was headlining Lollapalooza's first solo Korean act to headline an American festival. Serious. Oh, my goodness. It was the reason that, yeah, in the all of the years of the festival, it was him that drew the most ticket sales in the history of the festival, J-Hope. Oh, my God. And it was insane. Wow. It was, he, he did a fantastic set. He just smashed it. And like, it was just brilliant. Like it was just so amazing to watch. But at the very beginning, he said, this is for the future or this is to the future. Or I believe in the future. He said something really positive. And I remember yeah. it's one of the great things about being a BTS fan is it's like, you do get these, these supportive messages from, from the boys, the members all the time, hang in there. It's yeah, okay. Wow. We Amazing. want you to be happy. And um, yeah. so, yeah, I feel positive. I, I mean, I credit BTS with a, with a great big chunk of my recent survival. So. Have they, wow, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good on them. <laughs> and they're having I mean, a hey. break at the moment as a band, but that meant that J-Hope was able to do a solo project. Because um, I was going to ask, like, have they all gone solo? No, well, well I mean, technically... It's funny, like there was this great tweet that somebody sent out. It said, this is this hiatus in quotation marks is going to prove that BTS were never just a band. They were a super group all along. And it's like, I think that's yeah, right. an accurate way of looking at them. They are seven absolute superstars in that band. And they're, yeah, all, right. they're all good in different ways and they've all got their genius. When you put them together, they're so lovely and fun. And it's really funny because... My little boy has got into this other Korean band called Got Seven, who I didn't really know very much about. But then I got into Jackson Wang, and it turns out Jackson Wang had been in Got Seven. But blah 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 blah. Right. And they're really different. Like they don't smile at each other. They make eyes at the camera. They make smoochy eyes at the camera all the time. <laughs> but they don't smile at each other. And I keep going, BTS don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Right. How weird. Sorry, George is coming here. It's all right. I know you want to kick cat, but I'm serious, George. I'm doing the podcast. You go look for it. That's the best idea. There we go. He loves parenting. 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 What are we baby? With no. But yeah, like um, that's amazing. That's weird though. Yeah, like, it's really quite different. Yeah, right. They don't smile at each other. Is that, does it make it look really unsettling and kind of inhuman or something? Well, it just makes me feel like they want something from me. Really, yeah, right. Get that feeling from BTS. Like I have this. It's funny because I was also they watching. Want your money. Well, honey. they want me to love them. They clearly have an agenda, and like, yeah, right. yeah. and also the way that they talk. Like in BTS lyrics, they don't really talk about how badly they want. I'm not stopping doing this to get you a Kit Kat. Wow, he slammed the door. Yeah, he slammed his door too. Fine, that doesn't bother me. Getting up to get yeah. a Kit Kat after we've finally managed it. Like we've put this off three or four times now, right? Yeah, we're I know, I know. This is new... <laughs> delayed, hasn't it? <laughs> for season three and it's like there's part of me that just goes, I'm not editing any of this out, but I will. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yes, but. Why wouldn't you? Why don't you? Well, I don't want to over-tidy it. I think that's really important. I, I mean, yeah. one of the reasons why I took a break from making radio was because I was getting really obsessive about editing it to be perfect and people aren't perfect. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, but I would have, I would have a, a file of a type of breath, maybe if they'd said a nice clear and and they hadn't gone and um i might have a copy of that and and paste it in so that they didn't say oh wow um 
I can split. That's cool. I've done that. I've can... learned how to do that. <laughs> my job. That's really cool. Yeah, I could get right down to the pixel in the wave and um, basically solve a problem. But after yeah, while... I had to do that where uh, some yeah. guy said um, made the said the word can when he meant can't, and so I had to go find the T sound, or I have to like um, yeah, or maybe I had to I had to drop the T, so I had to silence it or something. But I remember it being like really snippy work. <laughs> it's really fiddly, isn't it? It's like making lace yeah. sometimes, but. One, one thing I really like about this show, and oh, we got some lovely feedback from a friend of mine who she hasn't been able to listen every week. So what she does is, you know, eventually she'll sort of listen to four or five in a row. And um, oh wow! And she said really, she's really liking it, and that we were getting better. Which because I did a lot of the talking, and I'm trying not to do that today. She likes. She thinks you're really funny. She thinks I'm hilarious, which is really kind of her, but. I have oh, to... right, and I'm just really funny. Oh, great. <laughs> She's my friend. <laughs> you know, it's in a sliding scale. You know that's a professional term, right? It's like, it's like yeah, oh, they're funny. They're funny. Oh, they're, really, they're, they're really funny. They're hilarious. Run like, that through the, the comedianometer. Yeah. But I think it goes funny, really funny, incredibly funny, super funny, and hilarious. And I'm just only really funny. Great. Sorry. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, I was meant to be really encouraging. I swear, I swear to God, my yeah, I'm not very. I'll I'll listen back to this and go. You should have just responded with a. <laughs> but I can't do that. I am so ADHD. I'm just, I'm just making up stupid assumptions, and I'm being trying to be, and I'm trying to be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, actually, you. you'll really like the intro to this season because I've I've edited in that bit where I said. Hello, comedian Chloe Black. I, oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. It puts my credentials there, like That's front it. and center. <laughs> That's it. It's such exactly. a fun thing. I really enjoy chopping together the intro, and I don't mind that we don't have a musical theme or anything like that. Yeah, I had an intro for my show, for my radio show. Um, it's always midnight somewhere. I loved putting that together. Oh, did you have like an edited? Because sometimes I'll pick a track, like I'll. Yeah. I had, um, the Velvet Underground After Hours was my opening for the women's show when I did that on 3D years and years ago. If you close the door, the night could last forever. Do you know that song, that little tiny song? No. It's so sweet and it's sung by Mo Tucker, who was the drummer for the Velvet Underground, and she's got this amazingly sort of fragile youthful sounding voice and it's a great song she also does she also that i'm sticking with you because made out of glue. Yeah. same voice so she sings after hours which was at the end of the self-titled album before nico so it's really i love that era of the velvet underground like i love it amazing yeah 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 cool oh velvet underground's amazing i used to have that banana album i'm so sad that it happened Oh, I hate what's happened to your record collection. I remember the first time I listened to The Gift. Do you know that song of theirs, which is like a spoken word one about this guy who mails himself to his college girlfriend? It's No, wow. You would love it. I've got to, I'll send you a link. But if anybody else is, like, if you are interested, dear listener, in digging it up, it's the weirdest song. It's just called The Gift. And it's a... It's That's a amazing. Song. And it's the, it's not, I don't think it, the, it's even the spoken components not a member of the Velvet Underground it's some part Indian accented person really cool and yeah. the story is just gripping like it's really cool amazing yeah I'll say well maybe actually humectant crabs and the gift <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good title I think we've now I'm, I'm a fan <laughs> season three yeah but I I really was proud of my intro it had like um I kind of just pasted together all these different clips of music book with all these horror samples so <laughs> I had basically the music from Halloween no I actually started off with the I started off with the thunder and lightning from Black Sabbath Black Sabbath and then mm -hmm. ch chiming in with like um brother Johnny from Night of the Living Dead going they're coming to get you Barbara stop it you're <laughs> embarrassing me I want to hear it this sounds amazing 
I'm trying to look for it right now. I'm seeing if I've left it on my Google Drive. Play it. We could, or even if you send it to me, I can patch it in later. Yeah. Okay. For sure. For sure. I love that idea. I mean, chopping together sound was. I mean, remember when we said that having a podcast was like two kids with a tape recorder? Yeah. 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 It was like that's how we would edit things. If you had a let's play now. And you get to know that there is a little bit of spool uptake. So you have to press, you know, you, you need that. We, we always used to call it a, or no, an eighth of a turn or something. It was like somewhere between a quarter and an okay. eighth. So you get the reel to reel. This will show you how, how, how truly ancient the technology I first learned with. And the same thing with a, with a seven inch or with vinyl. So you get it queued up, you find exactly where yeah. the sound starts and then you turn it back a quarter turn so that as the, as the machine picks up speed, you yeah. don't get that sound. You want to. Ah, of course you don't. That's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Final, that's the risk. Whereas if you have it sitting on the first sound, it will go. <laughs> yeah. I always saw you were talking about how you'd have to, you know, you, when you were recording, especially if you're making a mix, mix tape, you have to wind on. To like um yeah but it's the same principle it's like where the playhead or the record head or the needle or whatever it is yeah it is you still have to allow yeah. the operation of the machine exactly yeah right very yeah. philosophical i love sound yeah of course yeah, but you're right though you don't want to have the unless you're deliberately like going that. for and even then you've probably got that from a sound library you know like you want if you want that sound it's like yeah yeah, I, I really, um, one of the other thing, one of the other careers that's always really interested me is Foley work. Do you know? <gasps> oh, you know? God, I love Foley. We've talked about Foley on the show before, haven't we? I'm sure we have because it would be right up our collective alley. Yeah, and yeah. I am. Like I'm, I'm so, or... Yeah. Anytime there's any good doco about a uh, documentary about Foley online, I'm just there. I'd love it. I remember this really interesting article that I read in a sound recordist's magazine, which was an interview with the people who'd done the sound for the second Matrix film. And it was talking about how, yeah, they were were making the sound of those big grinding machines. And what they did, they actually put these little tiny microphones inside some rocks and then blew up the rocks. They destroyed the microphones, but they got the recording. Yeah, right. Wow. I think that's so cool. That's amazing. <laughs> I love the whole thing, like, you know, just like there's a great documentary. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I just did a search, but it's like it's about it's all about just the shower scene from the film Psycho. That's what the whole film's about. And um about all the cuts they use, like the actual title of the film is like um the amount of I think it's the amount of cut scenes over the amount of time not called stop wasting water janet <laughs> oh you've heard of that <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry but it goes into the folly of the knife stabbing and stuff like you know they had to find wow. hitchcock was really oh it's called 78 over 52 and i think it's 78 cuts over 52 seconds or something and wow, it's like um, i love it when you get into a bit of filmmaking lore like like that opening scene of the player you know that that long oh yeah that, that one take yeah yeah and the and the pull the focus pull in Goodfellas where it pulls away but they stay the the, the two shot with them in the booth yeah I love that that's always such a great thing where the the background expands as it will send that vertigo feeling yeah yeah cool. it's so cool isn't it yeah but yeah like they had to Hitchcock was so particular about the type of sound of it so they got these different fruits and different like um, melons and stuff Fruit and sort of, for the sound of the knife entering Janet's oh. body. <laughs> and so, you know, but it was like they settled with a certain rock melon that. Oh my gosh. Particularly the best. I'll send you the trailer for it. And it's on, it's on Netflix, I'm pretty well, sure. I hope I can watch all the way through it. Oh, I watched something really interesting on Netflix. Um, oh, it was called The Most Hated Man on the Internet. It was about I that. watched that. Oh, I watched that. I just binged it all. He only got What's 30 that? months prison time. I know, I know. I was hoping it was so much longer. I kept thinking, oh, I was going for 20 years, isn't he? I oh, the book I wanted him to get 30 years. When they said 30, I was like, yeah. 
months? That means he's out. He's probably out by now. He's probably out. Him and that co-conspirator. But, oh, the damage to those women's lives. Really, really well made. And, oh, my new hero is Charlotte Laws. What a legend. Yeah, she was amazing, right? She was amazing. Yeah, and then that story of getting into all those parties. Oh, that was such a twist. Anyway, it's no spoilers, but. No. But, yeah, like, um, without being banned from social media, kind of means he doesn't really exist anymore. Like, I guess that's true, isn't it? Like, that that's a punishment yeah. that goes a bit closer to what he deserves. But he really does deserve to be chemically castrated. Yeah. Yes, totally, totally. It's a, I think oh, it's amazing go. in this society we don't use castration more often. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, men run the world, so they haven't they ever say it. Yeah, but imagine yeah. how much you... less dangerous some of those men would be without their balls. True, true. I don't know. Isn't it? It's more about power rather than sex. Yeah, oh, it's definitely about power, and I want the power to remove their neds with bolt cutters. Yeah, right. I feel that violent towards people yeah. that perpetrate those sorts of crimes against women, and they do it like one thing that really got me about the most hated man on the internet was how he was so proud of himself. He knew exactly oh, yeah, what yeah. he was doing. He knew it was ruining lives. He knew it was it was a horrible. Oh, he was just misogyny personified. And yet just, he had all these female fans. That's when you go, oh my god. Mm. I don't know what's. I know about. my like. Hope for humanity plummeted when I noticed that. Like, just oh, depressing. His well. girlfriend too. Like, she really rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, I know she has a bit. She's a bit remorseful at the end. She just her. seemed like a piece of space junk that was floating <laughs> around. That <laughs> that's right. She was, was like, like that. Right? No content so left. And she looked. Oh, and that was when they had much surgery. They kept cutting yeah. back that picture of her when she was young and fresh and whole, and you go, "Oh my God, you're that that that's you. You look you look like a a manga drawing now." Yeah, exactly. But, you know, she's think... not affected by any outcome until they come for her, and she realizes, "Oh." Yeah. And also, when she when she sort of like went to sorry, I, I did I did think she was very brave doing the documentary, but when she had those fake nails on and couldn't even rub her eyes when she was crying, I was going, this is not normal. This is not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And was it um, Butthole Girl? That was so weird. Oh, Butthole Girl. And that bit where she like, says, the whole reason I was Butthole Girl was to look after my, my children and it's just like she was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was amazing. It was, like, that it was almost that like tipping into satire a bit. Like, but but it was like amazing because then you saw the real humanity of the whole situation. It was so it. interesting, wasn't it? Like, and the fact that she just wanted to own her own pornography. Yeah, yeah. That exactly. made my mind do a few backflips. It's like, okay, oh, totally. but she had the right to make money off whatever it was she was going to do, and and yeah. the fact that they used they used that that he exposed her children to that risk, and she lost yeah. her children because of Hunter Moore. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. just made me really want to bury Hunter Moore in another. Yeah, exactly. Way. Exactly. You know, far out. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting Apparently, a time limit. What's going on? What? Oh. It's all right. We can just re- restart it. But um. Yeah. Yeah. That's not normal. That's different. No, it does that now. It's done that re- since recently. Oh my yeah. god! It's like the subscription economy. Yeah. Do you hear that? It basically, it says that you can't, two people can't do it for free now. You have to, well, you know, you can still do it for free, but you have a time with it. Wow. Um, well, there's some backward sliding. Thanks a lot, Zoom. We might look Yeah, better. yeah. Now I'm, the pandemic's said we're all vaccinated. Dun, 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 dun. Did you hear that BMW were offering a subscription service of a heated steering wheel for $20 a month or something? But you had to keep. I heard about this. That's crazy. Weird. But, but it makes perfect sense because, like, if, if products last, then subscription services are the only way that those corporations can make profits if they outlaw planned obsolescence. Yeah, that's so true. That's and the so right true. to repair stuff that they've been putting through, I think, the US legal system 
you know that and and the thing with the eu pushing back about apple and saying you have to have usb-c chargers like i don't think it's wise of the eu to get down to a technical specific like the way that they've actually they've they've stated it's got to be usb-c that will probably bite them in the ass at some stage yeah yeah but uh tell you what i'll okay chloe how about we pause yeah. for a second i'll render yep, this sure. i'll find this kit kat sure we'll just so we just it'll take like probably a minute but i'll be right back but it might take longer than that for the file to render so just you know, hop back right. on and refresh your screen. We'll be back soon. Bye. <laughs> temporary hold. All right. I love you too, Georgie. Hello. Now, where were we? Hello. Hello. <laughs> so rudely interrupted. He's got <laughs> this is now an ad for Kit Kat. Give me a break. Yeah. Have that Kit Kat. <laughs> I've been listening to, um, oh, um, Conan O'Brien, Conan O'Brien needs a friend podcast. And there's something that really stuck with me over the last week is he has said he had this friend. And I'm not sure whether he said it was him or a friend, but he had a friend who um, just started getting into the habit of putting on a silly voice when he left places where he would go, goodbye, everybody, goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, in my little, in my friend group that, hello, my friend, Greta, she's she came up with that. Hello, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, right. I, I yeah, right. Tell who of my friends was around at that time because we all go hello. Very um, giving up appearances, kind of um. Like, uh, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, reportion off, report, hello. That's a, it's a put on posh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, well, it's lovely to be to be back. I miss doing this. I mean, in we, I think we have to, the breaks are good for me because otherwise I do start to get to the point where I start feeling like, oh shit, I've got to do another one. Do another one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wait. But then I miss holiday. It. Let me break, you know. And our stoners doesn't. I think is you know it's as arbitrary as anything. And yeah, I, I really like, I like that a lot. <laughs> Oh my God. Speaking of podcasts though, I have to tell you this thing. I, so you remember how I got really into watching James Acaster on Bake Off and Hollywood is the guy who says, you know, your flapjack mix looks a bit wet and he's like, oh yeah, because it's not baked yet. And it's classic James Acaster, but it's also really funny because Paul Hollywood's apparently a big deal, which I've never heard of him except for the James Acaster Bake Off. Yeah, right. And then, and I, it just, it's like, it's like having heard of Drake because of J Hope, you know? It's, I go, yeah, right. I'm sorry, but the reason I know who you are is because J Hope danced to your song and then I got told. <laughs> but anyway, so, so James Acaster and Ed, oh God, Ed Gamble. Right, yeah, yeah. Gamble and James Acaster have this podcast off the menu and they had Paul Hollywood on as a guest and he didn't immediately remember James or the episode. And I was just going, my jaw was just dropping. I was going, you don't remember saying that? You don't remember the face he made? You don't remember the amazing Vans shoes he had on or the fact that he made a an egg into Prue? And it's just like... It was so funny. It was such a lesson in relativity. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it was so, it's so funny to listen to. It's brilliant because. Yeah, amazing. Like, James Acaster's built such a bit about this <laughs> and it's such a big yeah, right. is his, his identity. But Paul Hollywood could go on his podcast and say, I don't really remember you being on Bake <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was priceless. Amazing. It's funny, you know, like this, that, because I, um, there's a British comedian, Phil Jupiter. Have you met or heard of him? I know the name. Um, Yeah, he, um, he was performing at the local Laughs in Melbourne because it was Melbourne Comedy Festival. And of course, he was in town. So, but he wanted to try out some new material before he did his big, like, concert show because he's in town filling it you know, 500 seat venue for three nights or something. Um, I'd never seen or heard of him, 
before and um I was on at the local and I was um one of the earlier acts in the first half. <laughs> I fronted up to him with my little drink token at the break and said, Can I just get a pint? Thanks. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love He laughed really loudly and just said, Oh no, 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 I'm one of the acts, sorry, but oh, sorry. That's so cute. He was so sweet about it. He was genuinely very sweet about it. But it's like I love I love that it's the opposite of that story that we told in a, a previous episode of people who get introduced to you and just blank you, you know, like, yeah. like the unnamed comedian and also Guy Sebastian and was it Tom Gleason? <laughs> Tom Gleason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is just yeah. like, and like, that's, that's the kind of, that's the line for me. Like in a world yeah. of, of, of comedians, don't be a Guy Sebastian. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. just so this lack of self-awareness. The legend, the legend has it that. Tom Gleason met Guy Sebastian and Tom held out his hand and said, Hi, I'm Tom. And Guy Sebastian went, Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, like he like he didn't <laughs> know the the situation, even basic courtesy. And the, yeah, that's yeah. like no one is above the law, yeah, and no one is below basic courtesy. Exactly, exactly. It's like the sweet spot for all life. And you know it's yeah. funny because I have this lovely story of this time. I was I was working on a festival and we had a really um we had a really big premiere and the actor Mark Ruffalo was in the film and it was quite early on. Like I already knew Mark Ruffalo because I'd seen Safe Men and I really loved him. I thought he was just brilliant. And um mm. and so he was in this film, which was quite different. And I was in the VIP area at the cinema where the screening was being held, the, the gala premiere thing. And I saw him come to the top of the stairs with his partner and look kind of nervously around, like he didn't know anyone and he didn't, he's, he's not the kind of, he didn't seem like the kind of person who would just go, I'm here, serve me. And yeah. I, and I immediately, I mean, look, I, this is what I did. I picked up two glasses of champagne off the tray from the waiting people who were all lovely. And I walked yeah. over to him and his wife, I think, and I said, welcome to the festival and just gave them the glasses and then and then left them alone. Oh, lovely. And that's all I wanted to do was to make <laughs> you welcome. <laughs> I really love that. And, you know, it's such a privilege to have those opportunities, but also when you do have those opportunities, it's it's really lovely to be human. Like, don't be a dick. You really don't. Yeah, exactly. Just because they're famous or you're famous or someone's famous, yeah. just get over yourself. Yeah, exactly. Treat everyone like a human yeah. and you can't go wrong. Exactly, exactly. Just don't have tickets on yourself. Don't be a dickhead. <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No matter how famous you are. <laughs> no matter how famous you are. And it's like. I think those are always my favourite people. And, and it's funny because it reminds me of this lovely and very strange story about Queen Victoria. And I don't know where I heard it, but it was in, it was in, it was repeated in a popular culture thing at some point. So Queen Victoria was hosting a dinner for, you know, gathered guests. And one yeah. of the foreign guests, um, they were having like um, shrimp. And they had the little bowl to wash, wash your fingers in. And at that yeah. dinner, that bowl just had plain water in it. And this person, this, this guest picked up the bowl and had a sip of this water. <laughs> and everybody looked at the queen and Queen Victoria, this is the story, without blinking, she picked up her little bowl of water and she had a sip too. She didn't say anything. She didn't make that's a big difference. It's so noble and dignified, and to me, that's the measure of nobility: is is that she was able to do that in that moment, so kind, nice. so considerate, to deflect <laughs> yeah. all of the horror. And you know, like, and then you get another sort of leader who might have been like, "Ha ha ha! Look at you!" or publicly put them down. That kind of person. Yeah, yeah. No more future aid for your little country. <laughs> oh my god! It probably could have come down to that too. You're out of the Commonwealth, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. We wanted a referendum and all I had to do was drink some of this little cup. <laughs> it's a good thing they hadn't already had their shrimp. Yeah, but I know. It would be funnier if, like, 
then they serve the shrimp and the queen then washed the fingers in the little bowl. I don't know how they dealt with the, with the aftermath. <laughs> I know that. And to me, like, you know, you have, to, you, have, you have several actors in that. You have the person who made the original mistake. You have the most powerful person who gets to decide how to deal with the mistake. And then you have everybody mm-hmm. in the middle. And I yeah. think most of society are the other people at the table, not the queen and not the guest. They're yeah, all the exactly. other people who look to the queen wondering what they should do. Yeah, yeah. But I love that. That's such a comedic device or in, in a way. Like it's such a great little moment of storytelling where just like the, like the table looking at the person with the superiority for what they're you just how to behave. It's <laughs> snapping. Yeah, like, <gasps> what's gonna happen next you know yeah. great. i love it it's like that bit when jennifer lawrence fell on the stairs going up to get her oscars like she's getting an oscar if she fell over yeah. getting the stairs in a weird dress who cares yeah and I, I love i really love that about jennifer lawrence is that she's always gone um i don't know this is weird don't you think this is weird you guys are behaving weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not the strange one <laughs> the weird one yeah i'm so hungry right now yeah that's right yeah. Oh, she's so funny yeah she's great it's so, incredibly hu- humble and kind of cool yeah and it's funny like actually that was i know that we talked very briefly about the abercrombie and fitch white hot oh, i haven't watched the rest of that but that looks really interesting it's really interesting but one of the one of the things that you might notice is that at one point jennifer lawrence was an abercrombie and fitch model and that made oh, right. me realize that, yeah, she had plenty of advantages, really. And she's really talented. Like, I, I'm, oh, Winter's Bone absolutely destroyed me. So brilliant. Mm-hmm. But I watched that because it had John Hawkes in it. it. It had people from Deadwood that I really liked, including John Hawkes and that amazing movie. Yeah. Was Paula in that? The one who plays Trixie in Deadwood. She's also in Hunger Games. She plays the mother in Hunger Games. Oh, okay. Oh, I know, I know who you mean. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Lady, she is so good. Paul, is it Paula Malcolmson? Maybe she's like the madam, right? Yeah, she's Trixie, and she's the one who's got oh, she's Trixie, closest sorry. to um, she's really close to Swearingen. And yeah, that's right. She ends up actually. There's there's probably the connection because she ends up in that relationship with the character played by John Hawkes. Who is also yeah. the, the romantic lead in Miranda July's Me and You and Everything We Know. I swear to God, Chloe, my brain does not stop. This is so tiring thinking of all of these links. I don't know how to yeah. stop. No, you're right. Paula Malcolmson. Yes. Oh, my God. I even got her name right. Oh, my God. Yes. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> On that that's an achievement at our age. Like, my brain, I've just stopped all the names. There are about this this kind of Venn diagram of young actors and actresses that all look the same to me at the moment. <laughs> Where I just go, oh them. That's oh no, I was wrong. It's two, three different people. <laughs> I that, oh my god, that reminds me of this really this really funny moment when I was going. One of my ex boyfriends um, said, you know, he knew that I was a big movie buff and he knew that I really liked John Cusack and and he said. Oh, let's watch this movie. It's really good. It's got John Cusack in it. And um, yeah. turned the movie on and it's like 20 minutes in and I said, where's John Cusack? And he said, isn't that John Cusack? And so after that, it became this running joke, like anybody in a film, is that John Cusack? <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's got John was it was it was it Ed Norton? Everyone gets those. No, up. no, it wasn't even Ed Norton. It was someone so far down on the rung of fame that it was just so funny. But unfortunately, it drove a big wedge between us. In that, I found it hilarious, and I mocked him. I mocked him openly. Right. It's so funny to me. Yeah, you know, I shouldn't have. But I'm not very good at tiptoeing around people's errors. It's just too funny. So yeah, yeah, I probably throw a lot of friendships onto a burning wood pile that I shouldn't. <laughs> but it's like that's really funny. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying um, to think. I'm trying to find a list of all the people I can think of, all the actresses that I get wrong. Like Buzzfeed. Buzzfeed will have a listicle, and start by looking up Amy Adams and Jessica Chastain. You'll find a million of them. 
Oh, I think Amy Adams is one of them. Actually. I don't mistake anyone for anyone, really. I can always tell them apart. And that's why um, I'm so particular about reading the credits. And, you know, it's like I've been watching Kristen Stewart since Panic Room. I just thought she was so brilliant in that. That I looked at yeah, right, yeah. and then, you know, when she turned up in something else, I was like, that's that girl. That's that face. Oh, my God, she was brilliant. Yeah. What's she doing now? Well, she's Kristen Stewart now. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I kind of like all these people I go, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeless because I, I know who I'm thinking of, but I can't remember their names either. And I know that the, there's a whole probably slew of young actors who are just famous and everyone's like fawning over them and I'm like. But that's good. I think that's refreshing. And I think it's important for those young actors to realise that there is a vast chunk of civilised society that has no idea and no interest in who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that's right. Ansel Elgort or whoever he is, I never mm. understood how he was able to comport himself as a famous person if I hadn't heard of him. You know, that's that's the wonderful... <laughs> that's a marvellous insult, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. How do you comport yourself as a human being if I've never heard? Yeah, it's like, well, you're not famous if I haven't heard of you. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I, I've heard of so many people that for me that feels fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, so when someone turns up fawning over, I remember Timothy Chalamet confused the hell out of me for ages. I was like, who is this person? But enough of you are mentioning him. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. Like sure. someone like Cher Sharon, and I've been watching since she was in Atonement and I Capture the Castle, and you know, like it's yeah, yeah. a shock to me that she became hugely famous because she was always very talented. And I like I like yeah. being that kind of watcher, but it doesn't make me fun at dinner parties. <laughs> <laughs> Are you always like, no, it was this film they were in, and they did that before they graduated. Oh, uh, no, it'll be like, no, actually, that was this, and that was that film, and the thing that you're thinking of was this bit where that happened, and that was because they did this, and that film didn't get finished, and that director got mad. It was really quite interesting. And as soon as I've said it's really quite interesting, everybody's eyes are glazed over. <laughs> well, at me in open mouth horror, like yeah. what? It's are really you? quite interesting. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, I see. No, I'm lying again. I didn't hear any of that. It's <laughs> like, yeah. like I was just going to say, like when I'm with my son, like he talks. You've met him. You know what he's like. Oh, he, he talks nonstop about he, stuff. Like it's rapid fire. It's like it's like being in a conversation with a machine gun. Yeah. Yeah. But I do that thing which I found works really well in work meetings, and that is you just catch the tail of what they're saying and formulate a question. So <laughs> it's like I, I'm hearing, but then that enemy has only 26 hit points, but it also is fire resistant. And you go, oh, right. What? So how many hit points does the big bad guy have? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, that one's a so-and-so, and that one, will always be fire resistant unless you've got a charm spell and then you can render it mute with your poison. And you go, right, and how big is it? Is it bigger than the park over there? <laughs> it's like spinning plates, isn't it? You only have to get to it before it crashes. You don't have to be exactly. there the whole time it's spinning. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. It's just like, just... back over there and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but there is that point where it gets really tight. So now I was like, we're walking around coals and he's like, and then, and then when you get the hit points together, you can then build this thing. And when you build the thing, it kind of makes you more powerful. And I'm like, um, yeah, cool. Yeah. Wow. No way. I had a, I had no a, way. a oh, it's and, I had a similar moment in the car with, cause George was, was actually saying things like, I really love you. You mean a lot to me, something like that. And then I realized he was reciting got seven lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think he was just being a lovely son? They're not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, he's a right. Because that's like, yeah, Max was like telling me this huge elaborate story and I was like, is this from a game? And he goes, yeah, it's a game I'm inventing. I was like, oh, is this all stuff you've made up? And he's like, yeah. Oh. So I'm like, oh, sorry. And then I was really interested because it was like, he, Honestly, he, it's really right. hard to tell the difference between the things that are really fascinating and the things that are just like banging your head against the wall. 
Yeah, yeah. And it, I think it's too much to ask of one individual to be constantly switching between those levels of attention paying. It's just not normal. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was what was funny is we were walking around the supermarket and I just locked eyes with this other mum and she just gave me the most knowing look. Like, just, it was really funny. She just looked at me like, as if to say, I've been exactly where you are. I'll actually intervene and say, be good for your mother. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You be good for your mother. Exactly. <laughs> or your parent or like, like vanilla ice says, like, you know, word to your mother. <laughs> you know what? Now that we've mentioned vanilla ice, we oh, yes. proved ourselves to be white podcasters. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, in a, in in true in, in true sense, <laughs> I actually taught my son how to when he says he would say stop every time I'm embarrassing him. He'd go, stop. stop. And I would go, collaborate and listen. Oh, not hammer time because you, you've got an option. Oh, there. no, we did a bit of a variation. I taught him hammer time later as well because when he got sick and tired of me saying collaborate and listen, I changed it up to hammer time. <laughs> and then it was really funny because we had this little exchange on the bus roads. Like he said, stop. And I said, hammer time. <laughs> I said, Hammer Time. Somebody said, wrote it. Hamil- Hamilton? I'm like, yeah, that's right. Hamilton, I hate it. Stop. Hamilton. Stop, Hamilton. Stop being <laughs> musical. <laughs> but, yeah. All right, well, I I think that's... Um, that's a wrap. I love it. I'm happy. I'm yeah, good. it was a fun rant. It was a fun rapidy do <laughs> It was a rapidy doodle do Sorry, I'm a bit delirious and tired, I think. But that's what I say to Max as well. I'm like, what are you going to do? Are you watching your crappity do? <laughs> you just sounded like Ned Flanders. <laughs> you remember when, when, what was Oakley Oakley Like, doodly 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 doodly. When it spun out of control. What what moment was that when he goes? Oh, yeah. And it was so brilliant. And Homer was. I think the- one of them is tripping. Maybe? Yeah, something like that. Was was it Bart or Homer? When they observe Bart has all the too much sugar, he drinks the seven, he drinks the slurpees too quickly. Let's go crazy Broadway style. No, that's different. That's uh, yeah, right. That's twenty two yeah. short films about Springfield. Oh my god, you know the title? What the hell? <laughs> well, I do because it's based on that twenty two sh- films about Glenn Gould. And yes, I'm sorry, I really am like this. <laughs> I love it. I love that you know that. <laughs> What's it like, Bart? <laughs> Bart, Bart. Give it me. Give it to me. And then Millhouse has a big, oh, my God. Give us a squishy. Up. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Ooh that's good squishy. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I love you. I love you. Good night, Australia. Thank you for tuning in. Um, We love yeah. you. Yeah. And welcome back, everyone. Season welcome three. All right, love you, Billy. I fully embrace the word bitch now, so you'll hear it a lot. Yeah. Bitch. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) Later, bitches. (laughs) I love you. (sighs)